When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. The fabulous fifth hour on a Monday. Good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. Good included a Longhorn victory. Survive in advance, people. Uh, style yeah, points right. out the window at this point. I know it wasn't as pretty and as dominant as uh, fans would like it to be. and uh, We kind of predicted it would be, but uh, Rod and I did say all last week it's either a blowout or a shootout, and looked like a blowout was on, and then the shootout began. So it was both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say again, give Texas this credit. Uh, amid all the injuries and uh, a defense they hadn't prepared for, whatever that means, uh, their quarterback going out, they still won the football game. This yes, is a game they, they don't win last year. I agree with that. I think that is a sign of growth. That's why I say I like, I've been saying this all season long. I like the football character of this team. They are they're not getting better week to week. I think ultimately, Longhorn fans, that's your frustration. Because you saw them, what you believe were at their best, meet their meet the expectations, right, and meet the standard versus Alabama in Tuscaloosa against Nick Saban, the goat. Nick Nick Saban was out coached by Steve Sarkeesian and his staff. Players outplayed them, and you forced in the fourth quarter. You made Bama submit in Tuscaloosa. So from there, think about just mentally, Longhorn fans are thinking getting better every week. If they got better every week from that point, you'd be the best team in the country right now. You but, would be. But that's the struggle, by the way, for every team. Because you didn't get better from – you got better from week one to week two because Rice to Wyoming, you got – Rice to Alabama, you got better. But not Bama to Wyoming. Longhorn fans think they got worse from Bama to Wyoming. Then Wyoming to Baylor got better that week. Got better Baylor to Kansas. Got better that week. Or was it just facing a backup quarterback? All right. Then Kansas to Oklahoma didn't get better. Oklahoma bye week to U of H. Did you get better? No. So Logan fans are looking at a team they believe the last two games and the last three weeks haven't gotten better. They've won, and that's what you got to do. All right, you got to well, find look, a way to I get mean, the dub. But have they gotten better week to week? I would say they've only gotten better in three of the first seven weeks of well, the season. And I love the, the the conversation about getting better. But at the same time, the more you play, the more opposing coaches have to look at and uh, to scheme yeah, against. That's and, the challenge. Yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> challenge of a 12-game football yeah, season. Exactly. Is, yeah, you can be getting better in some phases, but at the same time, there are other phases where you say you're taking injuries or other good coaches with good players and good quarterbacks can say, no, we can take advantage of that, guys. Exactly uh, right. We can attack that. And now you have to coach around that because now six or seven games in, Rod, you know – you got a safety coverage problem. I mean, it, it was there's obvious a, against Alabama. There's a blueprint in the scouting report. And that's where, you're, where fans yeah. are saying, well, they're not getting better at that. Well, maybe yeah. they're just not good in those spots. Maybe they got Keaton Crawford, a converted corner, playing safety, and it's just not his position. They moved him there to get more speed in the spot, but at the same time, you've got to know what you're doing in that position. Yep. Um, and they're injured with Jalen Catalan, and Ryan Watts is hurt, and Jade Barron is hurt. And, you know, the, the other coaches know that too, and they can take advantage of that. And I thought that's what Houston did when they got back in the game. And then – 
know, Steve Sarkeesian makes a boneheaded decision, I think, to go for a fake field goal, yeah, which it didn't work, and then they gave a, a momentum to the Houston sideline, which they took advantage of. Can't say this enough, Rod. One of the reasons that game got went from such in your control to out of your to to a to a nail biter was you were up 14 points. You had gotten up 21 nothing. They they finally put a drive together, went down and scored to make it 21 seven. And then you gave them as much momentum as they had had the whole game when you went for a fake field goal. You did. Uh, if you kick your field goal, go up 24-7 to with two minutes to go in the half, okay, let's see if they can go down the field. Instead, you didn't convert it. They exploded on their sidelines. They came off the sidelines and went right down the field against your bad two-minute drill defense, put it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Then they came out with the ball in the second half and went right down the field and scored again. Yep. So mm-hmm. from, the, from, the, from the offensive play run on the fake field goal, when it was 21-7, to to the next time your offense got the ball back, it was a tie game. It's crazy. Tie game. Yep. Uh, That's how quickly the momentum, like the landslide of momentum. And that's the game management part of Sark that, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm not going to criticize his clock management in this this case. Now, he was trying to run some clock but because that field goal, they had crossed me. Remember, that was a drive in which Keelan Robinson got them out to the 45-yard line Mm -hmm. with a great kick return, answering the Houston touchdown. And then they crossed midfield pretty easily. They got into the high red zone area, almost into field goal range, and then they had two runs that didn't go anywhere. And then a third down play, which was stopped. So at that point, you had to kick the field goal. Just kick the field goal. You would like to have gone down. I know, I know in Sark's mind, he would like to have gone down and stick in a touchdown there right before the half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what he was thinking about with the that's fake exactly field goal. exactly what he was thinking about. And thinking like a coordinator. Thinking like a coordinator. <laughs> or a guy playing Madden. Yeah, exactly. Kick, that's exactly what he was thinking about. Kick your ball. Kick your three points. Get your three yeah. points. Now, you know, the criticism would come if they did it and, you know, Burt Auburn had missed the field goal. With Sark, I'd much rather him just go for it than run a fake field goal that, to me, was designed to pick up two to three yards. That was not designed to pick up seven yards. It was fourth and six or something yeah. like that? Yeah, it was a lot. You need six and a half, seven yards. Yeah. That was not a play that I thought was going to – even if you surprise them, your kicker's not faster than their no. defensive backs. No. They're going to run that down before you can get seven yards, in my mind. You can fool them, and they can still stop you. <laughs> and maybe give Houston some credit that they that Texas thought they were in, like, you know, all out, bl- all out come after the kick mode and that that play was going to be wide open because there would be nobody out there. But Houston did have protection. They yeah. were kind of playing for the fake in that moment. Uh, but either way, uh, well, let me give you a number of why you should be confident or at least more optimistic than I'm hearing from Longhorn fans who are frustrated. Mm-hmm. That's all, you know, Texas is now 5-11 and in one-possession games with Sark as head coach, 5-11. and yeah. that was, That's his fifth, mm-hmm. okay? If you get five more of those, you're going to be in the Big 12 title game. Exactly. Then, and that's the football character you're talking about. That's okay. That's all right. You may have to win some of those games. Now you've got your backup quarterback and you're banged up still. You're going to have to find ways to win. This team is proving that, yeah, they can go in and, and play Alabama, which, by the way, Alabama hasn't lost since Texas beat them, and they're getting better. They're getting the better every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, this is, this is who you are right now. You're, there's not a lot of secrets right now, Rod. And, yeah. And uh, what you need to do is continue to build on what you're good at, try to coach around what you have issues with, and you know coaches are going to attack for you, and uh, win games. Yeah. Win games. Yeah, I think Longhorn fans who are frustrated with the team just have to realize this – this is this is the the challenge of winning you know games week to week right this is why football even if you're talking about the Big 12 being down and it is a down Big 12 and Texas and Oklahoma are far and away the better teams in the Big 12 but it is a challenge week to week because even though one opponent weekly may not beat you all they have to do is expose you in one or two ways, right? And and they're not good coaches. You're coaching because they make a they you know they make a good living too, right? They're they're damn good at pressure. They got a lot of pride. So when 
you know, you play against Rice, and Rice exposes you uh, in one way, and then Alabama takes it. And Alabama exposes the fact that you uh, can't defend bunch formations or clustered wide receivers. Uh, then Wyoming starts picking on your safeties, and they expose the fact that your safeties can't cover that well. And then Baylor does the same things and expose, uh, if you chunk it deep, you can get some plays on Texas. And by the time you get to the fifth or sixth or seventh game, there's a blueprint. Yeah, All right, Rod B can write it up for you. There's a blueprint on how you would attack the Texas defense, and it's clear. It is an obvious blueprint. And that's why – and I, I said this earlier – Quit watching Texas football games, and nobody rewatches games like I do, so you don't have to worry about that. But quit even considering the games the Texas defense played against backup quarterbacks. Just throw them out and just only look at the Rice game, the Bama game, the Oklahoma game, and U of H game. If you only look at those games versus starting quarterbacks, and keep in mind, when those backup quarterbacks were announced as starting quarterbacks, it was a last-minute decision. They didn't even get a chance to practice all week as the starting quarterback. Very different Texas defense when they've had to play up against a, a, a true starting quarterback. And as he mentioned, in a pass-first system, which is what you faced the last two weeks. Now, I don't know if Texas is going to face another pass-first system with a quarterback as comfortable in that system as Dylan Gabriel and Donovan Smith with really good weapons on the outside. Because I think the U of H wide receiving core might be as good as Oklahoma's, if not better. Like, it was a good group of wide receivers. We tried to tell y'all, and y'all were like, ah, they're going to blow them out. What the hell are you talking about? I was like, okay, you obviously ain't watching the film. They have a good group of wide receivers, and Texas isn't elite in coverage, and that obviously well, came to a head Well, they got Matthew there. Golden, who was really good, and uh, Joe Man Jack, who's really good. Yep. Then they got this guy, this walk-on, Carnes. He comes oh, out of nowhere. He was the stoops of the group. Yeah. <laughs> the Drake stoop just uh, running around, well, and, 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 making you know, plays. The, those, those crossing routes, those mesh routes are, are giving Texas a hell of a time. And yes, they are. They're going to have to to go to work on that. But uh, uh, got the win, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. That just is a big Take thing. the win. That's why I say, if you get five more of these that are nail biters, but you win the game, Texas fans should be happy with that. That's where this program is right now. It's improved because they would have lost that game a year ago. But it's not perfect. And uh, now the depth will be tested. Now, now. This is, Sark's been built. We talked about he's building the roster. This is one of the more talented rosters in the country. Okay. We talked about it's more the, one of the more talented quarterback rooms in the country, if not the most talented quarterback room. I've talked about how Texas wants to be uh, the leader in the NIL space, right? They want to be the, the, the name, image, and likeness capital of college sports. They proved that a little bit with the way they built and constructed this quarterback room with Arch Manning and had to throw Malik Murphy a bag to keep him after the way he performed in the spring game. Okay, if that is indeed the case, then let's prove it. Yeah, we'll, prove uh, it. we'll hear from Sark at 11 o'clock today. I think there'll be a lot of people tuned into that uh, on LHN to uh, get, get, get the word, the latest word on Quinn. Yep. Malik Murphy will get all the first team reps, or you have to think, or most of them with with Arch Manning getting what's left this week. And he's got to get ready to be the back. According to Pete Thamel, it's at yeah. least a couple of weeks with a uh, grade two sprain of the – well, also I'm sure somebody asked Sark, if you're listening right now, going to the press conference, we need to ask Sark, when, did the injury occur on that play that, you know, where he took on a linebacker, which wasn't a very wise decision for your starting quarterback, uh, who should protect himself in that moment, not take on linebackers? Or was it previous to that? There is some suggestion that maybe he was already hurt when he took on that collision, which I think, makes that I all think the, he was, and that's even, even worse <laughs> in terms of decision-making. Yeah, well, that's the number one trait you want from your starting quarterback is decision-making, right? Uh, and that wasn't a good decision. Uh, all right, real quick, because this was the spot in which we went head-to-head, Ty and I, last week with our five picks. Ty, congratulations. You had a four-and-one week, my friend. Hey, thank you. Four-and-one week. There you go, Ty. Uh, up, your only miss was Navy. Yeah, that was a bad you had LSU. You had, you had LSU strong, UCF, damn near beat Oklahoma outright, 
SMU 55 nothing over Temple and Utah. You said you would take them on the money line. They were getting points against USC, almost a touchdown, and they still won that game in come-from-behind fashion. So congrats. One, uh, I went one and four. Ooh, that's ugly. I had Penn State, who I didn't realize could be that bad uh, offensively. Penn totally. State one for 16. James Franklin, I don't trust him in big games. I was getting five points, though. So I was like, you know, it's going to be a close field goal game. Let's Penn State's see. offense was one for 16 on third down. Jim Knowles actually getting some stuff done with that Ohio State defense right now. Uh, that was pretty good, but also some bad Penn State offense. I also had Tennessee, Rod, and I was feeling really good about that, getting Tennessee plus nine in Tuscaloosa when they're up 13. 13 didn't last. Did you, I'm like Josh Heupel. We played his audio. <laughs> he wouldn't say anywhere, but he could just tell he was seething about the officiating in that game. Uh, I had Oregon, which covered. That's your one. Uh, That's their one. And, but then I had Duke. Oh, yeah. They, they were in good position for a while. I think Duke won, didn't they? No, Florida State. Florida State beat them. Florida State beat them. But they, remember, they were leading Florida State for like a for a while, actually. Okay. Like uh, but I may I got to go back. I may go on two and three. Yeah. I don't know what the but then line I had, was. I had the Miami-Philadelphia over the last night in the NFL. Up. It was 14 and a half on the Duke game. So I did cover. Correct? Yes. I, I don't know what the score right. of so the I, game I, was. So I went two and two and three, two and three. My bad. I had Oregon, Duke, and then I had Miami, Philadelphia over, which was going to the over until Tua threw the interception mm. to Darius Slay. What are you doing, my guy? Tua is my guy, my quarterback in fantasy football too. What are we doing, Tua? Oh, that's a good. That was a, that's a good pickup by you because Tua's been killed. Eh, he's, he's not a bad game. It's a bad throw. Bad throw. Bad bro. decision. Well, remember the Dolphins only scored twenty four points and seven came from their defense on the pick six of. Uh, of so they only scored seventeen offensive points. They did a good job. I mean, Philadelphia's front seven, Dallas is going to find this out twice this year. That front seven's the real deal. I mean, the, the, the Dolphins is. couldn't run the ball. Uh, Raheem Mostert and that Dolphins run game couldn't get going anything, and they played pretty well in coverage. And they got to Tua a few times because their pressure packages were strong. Um, you know, th- that's going to be the question moving forward on the Miami Dolphins, Rod. I agree. When they play a good defense. Well, they're, 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 they're fought four and two now. The two losses were to Buffalo and to Miami. Or two, two, Philadelphia. Yeah, two good defenses. The wins have been over some of the worst teams in the league. Exactly. Uh, Broncos, um, Patriots. So how real, how real is that offense? Is it a Fugazi, a Fugazi? Can they produce at a high level against the best competition? Or are they just, you know, making mincemeat <laughs> of the mediocre, yeah, the mediocre teams in the, in the NFL? I still think it's a pretty good team. And that game, that game, uh, you know, slipped on that play. It felt like if you were watching the game, Miami was going to go down and score, tie that game, and we were going to the wire with a good game. And if, by the way, that's how it would have gone over. If that, if they had gotten to 20 to 24 all, we were at 48. And then yeah, even yeah. a field goal covers yeah. the over. Yeah. It'll push it over field the goal covers the over. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to score again. And I felt pretty good. But then he threw that pick, and we finished at 48. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the way that goes. Yep. Uh, all right, so we've got that out there. Congrats on Ty. He gets the win. Ty, can we tell your story of what went on with you over the weekend that prevented you from going to game six of the ALCS last night? Oh. Uh, yeah, it's really it's, – it's, it's a pretty bad one, honestly. It's not, not very funny, but I uh, caught my mattress in my entire room on fire on, on Friday well, night. Well, not sure how it happened. Sure how it happened. I'm, thinking, sure. I'm thinking it was a uh, – iPhone cord that was frayed at the end, but um, I, I, I didn't even wake up, and my roommates had to pull me out of my bed and put out the fire. So it was, uh, it was a pretty scary you. situation. Scary, man. Hold on. So you were nearly you. killed on Saturday night? Friday, Friday night? night, yes. Pretty yes. much, yeah. So you were asleep. Your, your bed and mattress catches on fire. Yeah. Yes, which caught my carpet on fire and then all of my clothes. Right now, I'm, so wor- I'm wearing... Yes, called the fire department. I'm wearing clothes right now that are literally like melted. Um, 
And, so and not, you not doing too hot. Burnt, and you weren't burnt badly, though, right? I wasn't burnt at all. Um, That's but my roommate who pulled me off the bed and put out the fire, his, like he's, he's got some pretty bad burns on his hands and legs and stuff. So thankful I wasn't alone. I don't know how I didn't oh wake my up. Gosh. But the Thank smoke, God the smoke, you weren't alone. I know. The smoke alarm woke them up. Because, um, I mean, this was happened at like 5 in the morning, you know, middle of the night. So scary stuff. And you don't know what, Ooh. so you think it was like a frayed iPhone cord. It ha- I have no idea. It had to be somebody electrical. Because you were sound know. asleep and it's, you don't smoke. You I, don't vape, smoke you cigarettes. Don't smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes in bed or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But, and I'm not sure how I didn't wake up either with a five-foot flame yeah. next to my face. But That's what I, I'm, I'm like, how do you not wake up? But I guess I mean, people are just sound sleepers. But, dude, the, the angels were with you, brother. That's just wild that you didn't get, you didn't even get singed. At oh. all, and you had friends. Your friends could have been out. They could have been, oh, man, thank God they were there sleeping. I know. And that y'all changed the batteries in the damn fire alarm, at least. Like, there are a lot of things I'm just happy that actually happened there. So make sure that my man ties is all good. Yeah, seriously, because I've been thank in houses God, before where we've taken the batteries out of the fire alarm because they go off all the time. You know? Yes. It's like, it's like oh, yes. that, that'll never happen to me, but easily did. God. So I'm, I'm in the market that's, for a, that's... for a new mattress and some clothes. Any mattress people okay, right? But, but just your carpet yeah. and your mattress, but there's you know, like the smoke damage and they didn't have to, you know, spray everything. No, right? nothing like by, by the time they got there, we had put it out. It was kind of precautionary in the moment. In the, in, in the moment it looked really bad, but they were, we had a, we have a fish tank. So we had a big five gallon bucket of water that we filled up a few times and got it out. But yeah, my carpet and my, my mattress, mattress toppers, is uh, done for, and all my clothes too. So, oh man, that is that is my creeps, man. That does. Glad Any, you're here. Anytime I hear about somebody like being in a situation like that where they basically were that close to death, like it, and it could have gone bad, it always, man, it just put my, the hair on my arm stands up. Like it just, ooh, dang time. I, know, I don't, I don't man, think it's but, fully hit me yet, too, because I mean, I, I did go to the Black Pumas thing. Shout out to Nick Shuley on Saturday, and like. I had my, my mom was very upset with me, like for even considering doing anything after that. Um, and I had a lot of people that reached out. So thank, thank you to everybody that was worried about me that, that oh, heard about. I was it. worried about. It. I didn't know that story. I was in Galveston no, with a family weekend. Um, but I'm so glad that that all played out that way. Sorry about that, Ty. That's a that's a that's scary as heck, man. Uh, but good fortune. Yeah, have those fire extinguishers. Right. That's the lesson. Have those fire alarms. Fire alarms. Make sure the batteries change, are in them. Yeah. Change the batteries. Uh, it's yeah. amazing how things change for you when you have kids. The minute you have kids, all those things that you maybe didn't – that you overlooked, yeah. now it's like, oh, where's my fire extinguisher? Uh, batteries every – you know, yeah, yeah. what we do is typically I change the batteries uh, when we spring forward and fall back. I was going to say we do it like basically like three times a year or something like that. We'll end up changing them. Yeah, we, we try just, to change we just, them. I mean, the weekend yeah. that you spring forward or fall back, you just, you know, make check them at least yep. and then change them if they need Because I don't like them to beep on me. No, I, I hate, hate that. <laughs> like when I'm sleeping in the middle of the night and it does beep, I'm like, oh. That's better than the alternative, though. That but, is uh, better than goodness. the alternative. Yeah, uh, but, yeah uh, that's scary stuff right there. Tackle by a lottery ticket, brother. The, the the angels are with you right now. And, yeah. Yeah. and you went to work today. And you went to of work course. today. I'm, and, I'm just going to be couching yeah. it for for a few days till I get the mattress situation figured out. Full shizzle. Well, thank for your roommates too. That's pretty. Oh serious yeah, there. Some good friends. Man, that's clutch. Yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. All right. Well, that's a that's a, a good reminder. Seat belts, fire extinguishers, fire alarms. They save lives. Save lives. They do save lives. They no. seem trivial. Well, they but still, they save there lives. are still people I know that don't wear their seatbelt. No just don't – nothing – I was in a terrible car accident in college that – gosh, I had my seatbelt on, thank goodness. 
I've talked to so many of uh, a good friend of mine, Anthony Hippolito, who's running for oh, Hayes yeah. County Sheriff. Hey, I know uh, Anthony. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's and hopefully you'll vote for him coming up when yeah. he's uh, up for sheriff to uh, replace Sheriff Manley. But he um, um, he always tells me, man, it's amazing how many car wrecks you come up on and you think everyone's dead, but everybody's fine this because they have their seatbelts seat on. on. Hmm. And then there's some you come up on and you're thinking, okay, this won't be bad. And then someone's seriously injured because, because they didn't did. have their seatbelt on. Yep. No, you're right. Um, so and, I, this, I, and these days it seems hard not to put it on because the cars, don't like they have the alarm? Yeah, you're right. You got to be going out of your way not to have it on. It seems so, it's so easy too. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's, but it's the truth, man. You're it, right. You know, I mean, even a, a slow speed collision is pretty violent on your body if you're you're not secured, uh, and you go flying into the windshield, or, or you know, physics still works. Yes, it does, man. You don't want to be on, a, and you don't want to be on the, other, the bad side no, of it. No, you want to be restrained Amen, when something brother. like that does happen. Yeah. All right, brothers. Well, thanks. Thank gosh, on Ty, he had a good week. By the way, somebody pointed reported that Duke, and I didn't see this final score officially. Duke lost by 18, so I did go one and four. Oh, damn! They pulled away on them because that was like I want to say maybe that first half, and then maybe middle of the second quarter. That's still a game. Yeah. They pulled away on. But Oklahoma did that, too. I mean, that was a you – know, I want to say Oklahoma's down in that game at the start of the fourth quarter, and they pulled away on UCF. Somebody said, glad the fire wasn't worse, Ty, but five in the morning is not the middle of the night, LOL. Well, <laughs> yeah. for Ty it is because but, he doesn't go to bed till like, 1 o'clock in the morning. That is true. On the weekend. For you and me, for you and me, 5 o'clock in the morning is – Yeah, I'd have been up, up already. Yeah. But uh, you're right about – man, except Ty – Ty, do you and you are you a strong sleeper? Like you sleep like through a lot of stuff. Can you sleep through a lot of noise and yeah commotion? Uh, sometimes I have a hard okay. time falling asleep, but once I'm asleep, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. That's I, my wife's like that. Some people they can sleep through a lot. Of, I can't sleep through anything. Yeah. I wake up. I wake up when like I have light like, sleeper. Yeah, I have like a fan in my room, like an oscillating fan, and it'll start like to squeak or something, and I wake up like oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> nervous. Like, yeah, nervous I'm just rod. I'm just I never get to the rim, man. I want to get deep in that rim, but I never do. Huh. Never do. Uh, a little of both for me. It depends on how tired I am. If it's been, because I, you know, sometimes get a nap in the midday, or um, you know, because on the weekends I sleep more than I do during the week, obviously, of course, because yeah. of our job. So I, you know, I get to sleep in during the weekend. But uh, it really depends how tired I am if I sleep super sound or not. But again, that also changes now that you're a father, Rod. The, oh, that's true the too. The kid right? thing will also be, you make you a, more of a light sleeper and well, be more aware of what's going on. Yeah, well, no sleep at all. Especially, right when, especially, <laughs> you, especially when you start having teenagers. Oh, yeah, because you got to wait up for them and stuff like that? Is that uh, what it is? Yeah, yeah. you can't go to bed until they're, they're home. Like, you know they're safe and all that kind of yeah. stuff? Or, gonna, or, or you know, if you get to certain teenagers, are they going to be trying to sneak out on you? Oh, so. oh, oh! I can't wait for her to try that. I'm going to be ready for that. Trust me. <laughs> I will be ready for Because I used to sneak out the house all the time. I, we had a balcony at our house. I don't know why my dad built that. Dude just gave he maybe that's why he built it to give me an out. Because I had an E it was upstairs and me and my brother's rooms were upstairs. Do I would just take the balcony out like down the, the essentially down the chimney and boom, I could easily end up in the backyard. Boom, out. Mom and dad never knew. That happened a lot. I told them that years later. They were like they were shocked and I was like, Pops built the balcony. I mean, what'd you expect me to do? Yeah. How's it going to – that's the best way to sneak out. You think I was going to go through the garage downstairs? <laughs> that's stupid. No, the easiest way to go is down the down the, yeah. uh, out the balcony, down the, uh, the, the chimney, and boom, right boom. out the door. Boom. It's money, uh, baby. All right, we'll come back. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain one more time. Rod's thoughts on the, uh, the Houston game, the deep dive anal- analysis that only you get here. Uh, also, some of the uh, star performances from the NFL – yesterday and uh, what's popping because we got a game seven tonight that's definitely popping it's rangers astros for a trip to the world series 
uh, as even as this could be all year long. 90-win teams both went to the final day of the regular season for the uh, who was going to win the division. Uh, it was 2-2. Now it's 3-3. Uh, one game between the uh, Lone Star rivals to decide it. Uh, couldn't ask for much more as far as compelling drama and storylines with a rivalry. We'll come back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. A lot of text uh, on the story from Ty Henderson's weekend. It says, man, Ty, glad you're safe. Barton Creek, J.C. Penny. Just got some closeout mattresses that are going, hey. that are floor samples. Got a couple that are pretty cheap. Name nice. brand. Name brand, Rod. J.C. Penny. Barton Creek, not bar. Hey. Not Thanks, bar from Texas. The station. That's legit, man. Well done. Where we Appreciate need some help right there. Ty needs a new mattress. He caught his on fire, he, and not not sure how. He, we don't know. Like that's the scary thing too. <laughs> Still don't know. Had how. to be electrical, and uh, it sounds like you, Ty. You did have a frayed iPhone cord. That was actually true. That is. So that would have had to be the, the, the genesis. The number one suspect right now. Yes. Would have to be. It's got to be something that would yeah. provide a spark and my uh, room, lead to I, a fire. <laughs> I've already had some issues with the electrical outlets in my room before, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting. There was some, we had somebody come check it out a few months ago, and they said there was some shoddy uh, electrical work that had been done when the house was built. You, know, you rent this house, right? You could have yes. a landlord claim. Yes. I want to get a. Small I got renters office, insurance. A lawyer involved. Thank God. So. Ooh, nice. We'll yeah. be figuring that all out today. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, okay, so we're uh, you know if you can tell we're not in the studio. We don't have the cameras set up for Twitch or for YouTube. That's because we are uh, in the home studio here at Onion Creek. Rod and I uh, doing the show from my front room uh, because yes, we're sir. having some doing some construction up at the Horn headquarters. So we'll probably be here all week uh, as we do some renovations and uh, make some changes up there. It's a pretty sweet setup. Hey Ty, you're up there with our engineers uh, being a part of this. Are you? Is it possible I could bring the cameras here and we'd be on Twitch, or is that not going to be possible? Uh, me and Jacob Standard are, are trying to work on a solution because we know we have a, a lot of people that enjoy seeing y'all's beautiful faces. So, well, well hopefully by tomorrow, the next day, we'll we'll get that figured out. Those figured out. sick mofos. Yeah, man. Enjoy yeah, looking man. at us. That's exactly <laughs> right. For five hours. I enjoyed I, looking I at the it. football the weekend. I'll enjoy watching the uh, football tonight. Ty, you said you're you're feeling bullish about your Rangers tonight. Uh, feeling good, even though Jose Altuve with the the big gut punch on. On Friday, you guys bounced back last night with the 9-2 win. You're feeling good, though. Yeah. No, the, 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 uh, Adoles Garcia is probably going to be the most hated man in Houston for, for a while after tonight. I think he goes yard again. Oh, again? That's fine. Uh, but, okay, let me, tell me, the, because you're a rational young guy who just nearly lost his life, uh, you can come back and give my guy, Jose Altuve, some, some props, right? He's a guy who was oh. never a part of the cheating scandal. That's been proven and shown oh, over no. and over again. And Don't he just hit another home run. Can we, can we give him a little bit of love? Don't start. I'm not going to talk about the cheating. Ever. I'm not going to talk about the cheating, but, yes, no, he is a baller. He's a gamer. Um, I've always See, known that's that. That's all I needed. But I, I still don't like him because he plays on my, the most fair. hated team in my mind. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I, I actually went and found the audio for you this weekend of Carlos Beltran on MLB Network. With a, I mean, Carlos Beltran was the ringleader of the trash can mm-hmm. episode. Receipts. And he went on MLB Network to make the passionate claim that Jose Altuve was never a part of it and didn't want any part of it. Uh, in 2017, to, because he understood that that would taint, taint his name. Uh, so, and then guys like Ty bring up 
there's some allegation of a buzzer of some kind against the Yankees, which was never proven. Uh, but either way, that guy is so clutch. And I, look, I, I've been saying all year how much I enjoy watching Adolis Garcia. I'm, I'm a, a rare Astro fan that, that has a lot of respect for that guy. That guy's awesome. Um, and I understood why he was upset when he got hit, but at the same time, I wish he had just walked down to first base and taken his base. But uh, that whole situation, I think, hurt his ball club you know, on Friday night. What a ball game that was. So whoever wins this series, that will forever be a classic. Because remember, oh, yeah. when, when we started this series, Rod, we were comparing it to Yankees-Red Sox, when the mm-hmm. Yankees and Red Sox hooked up in the early 2000s. And you still, I mean, who can forget the, uh, the Don Zimmer Pedro Martinez moment, right? There's been moments when rivals play in games of this magnitude. Iconic moments. Iconic occur. moments are created. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. you know, and Adoles, heroes Adoles, I mean, think about it. Adolis Garcia. This was a great visual for, for baseball and the, the global sport that it is. Adolis Garcia in the face of Martin Maldonado, which led to the benches clearing, which led to Jordan Alvarez – Helped him helping to calm the situation because he's Cuban like Adolis Garcia is from Cuba, and they're good friends. So it was the rivals. It was Jordan Alvarez, the one coming and grabbing Adolis Garcia and pulling him down the first place line to get him to calm down, uh, to, to bring the situation down. Because you understood why. By the way, not enough people say this. A 99-mile-an-hour fastball to your arm hurts. Oh, That what? hurts. <laughs> to anywhere hurts. Right. 99? So whether he did it on purpose or not, the immediate reaction is, ow, yeah. damn it. Oh, yeah. Maybe actually is, I'm going after this dude. <laughs> uh, right. But, yeah. I'm about to get some, uh, some, re- some, some revenge but, on this dude. But in hindsight, I do think it was, it's silly to suggest he, I don't think he did it on purpose. I do think he was trying to put you inside and set a tone for the at-bat. But at the same time, there's a difference between brushing somebody back, chin music, and then hitting someone. We all get that. But I don't believe he intentionally. Because, look, there are many times in baseball in a retribution situation where you go out there to hit a guy. You absolutely will. And normally you're going to try to do it down in the lower part of his body. You know, hit him in the butt cheek if you can. It's kind of the, the rule of thumb because that hurts, but it's not going to really hurt uh, long term. Uh, but, you know, when you just get, hit a big three-run homer, the re- blast at bat off Justin Verlander, there is going to be an idea of pitching inside, of getting in on him. And Abreu was wild to that side in the walk to Evan Carter, the previous batter. So there's a lot of evidence that would suggest that he just didn't have control of his pitches at that point. If that's the case, then should, should you be pitching inside if you're wild, if you're wild you, like that? Well, but that's Dusty Baker would, and the pitching coach reason. Well, no, we still have to pitch inside just because you need to make a better pitch. But we can't give up. Uh, we cannot let this guy extend his arms again. We got to get inside on him, and that's the game plan, and that's the book on Garcia. Uh, but it obviously didn't work out. But I understand the way he reacted to it is is you know human nature. But at the same time, it hurt. It. I mean, Bruce Bochy was the one after the game who said it hurt. I mean, Leclerc had to sit there. The because remember the the closer got the final out of the eighth inning, so then he was he warmed up, got got you know got got uh, game ready, went in, got an out, and then went and sat on the bench. For what was that? Twenty twenty-five minutes. Got cold. Um, you know, well, Dusty Baker argued, and uh, Adolis Garcia, and the bench is cleared. And then he went back out, and you could see he wasn't right. Right? He gave up the hit to Yiner Diaz after falling behind in the count. Then he walked John Singleton, and then that led to Altuve, who took him deep, and that was the ball game. But uh, just it, it, it is iconic moments. It really is. This is this is a really great series, and um, who, this is the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat defined tonight, Rod. Somebody's going to win it, and somebody's going to lose it. Gonna and be, someone's going to be elated and have ultimate bragging rights, at least for the rest of the year, on their, their rival and go play for a championship. The other is going to be thinking, what if? What if? And we got bets to pay off, too. Oh. Ty may be shaving his beard. I may be buying, purchasing, and wearing a Lucha Libre mask for the entire five-hour show at one point. And then uh, E. Hogan will, if the Astros lose, 
will have to wear a baseball uniform. Every cleats? Did you say cleats included? Did oh you yeah, I've, I've got the cleats in my you trunk. Said cleats too? Blue for the entire show. Ranger blue cleats. Ranger blue cleats. Yeah, Ooh, baby. yeah, baby. For the entire show. And baseball uniforms are uncomfortable, in my opinion. It's like. It's not comfortable to sit down in, but maybe you got to. You got to you take your medicine, Ty. Right, yeah, I know. Rod, you got to take your medicine yeah. when you make a bet. You can't, uh, you can't welch on the bet. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I'll just wear that for Halloween. Yeah, you should. That's actually <laughs> still kill two birds with one stone, so it's not that. That'll bad. hurt to. That'll hurt a lot more than wearing it on the show to wear a ranger uniform for Halloween, like out in public. Mm. That'd be brutal. That would be brutal, but that's hey, man. That's what's on. That's that's the least of what's at stake here because the World Series. Yeah, I mean, then that's I'd what much rather got. see Houston win. I mean, if Houston wins, I don't even care if Ty shaves his beard or not. I'm good. I mean, we'll, we'll hold him to his satisfaction. Bed. But yeah, I just get the satisfaction of it happening. I'll be good. Uh, all right, let's go behind the burn orange curtain. We'll preview that game a little bit more coming up at seven just after seven o'clock tonight. We also have Phillies Diamondbacks game six back in Philly at the bank. We'll preview those plus the Monday night football game and what's popping. But first, Rod with more Texas football chatter. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What? is behind that curtain. All right, obviously a lot of discussion about the uh, Texas-Houston game this past weekend. Texas coming out with a win. It may have been ugly in a lot of ways, but at least they got the dub. It was probably ugliest on defense um, because Texas was a mass shooting defensively. I mean, just going down the list quickly of guys that ended up getting hurt or unavailable in that game. You had Alfred Collins. We forget about the Alfred Collins one. That's big. We haven't talked about that. I'm sure he's, he's going to be fine. Um, but Alfred Collins got hurt in that game. That was big. Uh, but no Jalen Catalan, no Ryan Watts in the secondary to start. But then Gavin Holmes ended up getting uh, dinged up. You had uh, ter- uh, Terrence Brooks got dinged up a little bit, came back into the game. Jade Barron didn't start the game because of injury, but they needed him so bad. They were so desperate uh, for help in the secondary that he played in the second half of that game. Jed Bush went down that game, a non-contact injury. Let's not forget about that. Ethan Burke went down a couple of times, played through it, came out, but then he got hurt. I mean, they just had they just had injury. That's just you know, mostly on the defensive side, but offense, obviously, the biggest injury is the Quinn Ewers injury. He's going to be out, but hell, Cole Hudson was also a guy that got injured too. They just were a mass shooter, so you got to give Texas a lot of credit for having the testicular fortitude, the grit, find a way to win that game, even though. You were presented with a lot of different forms of adversity, mostly because you were just losing a lot of your frontline guys. But that also affected their ability to defend the Houston passing game. Uh, throughout the stat earlier, shout out to my man C.J. Vogel of uh, Football Brainiacs that the 300 and I believe it's 349 yards for uh, Donovan Williams, Donovan, Donovan Smith, uh, that was the second most um, – Actually, 378 yards. I apologize. 378 yards. Thomas Smith were the second most passing yards allowed under PK here at Texas. Uh, the Oklahoma State game with Spencer Sanders gets the 391 yards. That's the most PK's defense has allowed at Texas in a single game. And one of the big issues in pass coverage for Texas has to be their inability or lack of communication. They're just not very good in uh, passing off routes in coverage, whether that be uh, – you know, zone traditional zone coverage or match coverage. There are times you have to pass off receivers depending on the route and how it declares and the route combination. And even the touchdown, take for example, 
that Matthew Golden scores the post route. Michael Taft turns around. He's upset after the touchdown. He turns to Terrence Brooks, and he starts clapping his hands. I think the assumption here is that they were in a cover three, a match cover three, which means once the route is declared, you play match man. You match up. It's a matchup zone. All right, you're a matchup man. You go from being a zone to a man defense. And once that route is declared, I believe Taft expected Terrence Brooks to carry that post route. He did not. He let him go, passed him off to the safety. The safety was not aware of that. It was not communicated to him. Uh, so he assumed Terrence Brooks was going to be covering that man or carrying that guy. He did not. That's why it looks like the guy's wide open. That's why it looks like a lot of players are wide open when they're not because one player was supposed to take him or carry him or pass him off in coverage or pick him up in coverage, and then you have a communication where a guy did not. So that's happening way too often. Happening with linebackers, happening with safeties, happening with, with, with DBs and corners. That's just it seems like that's the first issue of communication or lack thereof for the Texas secondary. I went and looked at it. If you look at targets to uh, bunch formations, which is basically targets, I consider bunch formations, any cl closely clustered group of wide receivers. So condensed and compressed sets where they're minus and reduced splits and they're really close to one another or really tight or stacked twins or a, a trips bunch where you have a triangle uh, bunch uh, or you have a quad. Sometimes they do really close quads. All those are just bunched up groups of receivers. Tom Herman called them snug. Everybody's got a different term for it. Anytime a, a, um, a target – all right. Anytime a target was to one of those types of clustered closely uh, receivers, they averaged over 11 yards per attempt in those situations. Donovan Smith did. That's a big number. By the way, that was also an issue for Texas going into that game, going into that game. Um, and I'm looking on only starting quarterbacks. Remember I told you, throw out the sample size of backup quarterbacks. Only look at Texas four games against starting quarterbacks, not the backups. Those games, when they target receivers in bunch formations they were averaging close to 18 yards per attempt prior to this game so they've had an issue with it all season long and the only issue with that is when you when you're playing against bunch formations or clustered groups of receivers you're going to play levels where one db will take the the deeper cut one db takes the shallow cut you'll play tango which is inside out one db takes the inside cut one DB takes the outside cut. You know, there are different ways to play it. But either way, I must communicate with the other DB. We must know. We must be in sync. We must be of a, of a like-minded, right, hive mind where we both know exactly what route combinations will declare and if they do declare, who's going to, who's going to take them in coverage and how they're going to be passed off in coverage. Texas DBs are terrible at this. Another example of them having poor communication. And the biggest example of their poor communication is their, their two-minute drill defense. Texas two-minute drill defense, they're just one of the worst defenses. Honestly, got to be in the country at defending the two-minute drill. I've been keeping up with this ever since uh, the Bama game. And I've been talking about it since the Bama game, and nobody really cared. But now it's become a glaring issue. So, again, starting quarterbacks this season, Texas has defended 35 plays in two-minute drills, just four drives. Uh, they allowed 10 points versus Oklahoma into the first half, into the second half, or three points into the first half, seven at the end of the second half. Um, Bama into the first half, Texas allowed three points, and U of H, Texas allowed a touchdown at the end of the first half. So that's 20 total points they've allowed in four drives, defending two-minute drill against starting quarterbacks. 35 total plays. I've calculated 12 missed tackles on those 
35 plays. 11. 11 explosive plays, meaning a 15-plus short pass or a 10-plus short run. That's damn near a third of the plays. You've got a missed tackle and or explosive play allowed on a third of the plays. I also counted four coverage busts, two gap integrity breakdowns, and one PI, one penalty allowed on those 35 plays. If you include all the two-minute plays that Texas has defended so far this year in the two-minute drill, and anything under three minutes I consider kind of a two-minute drill, anything over that you really can't throw it in that category. There have been 47 total plays because Baylor, actually at the end of their game, they had a two-minute drill. Remember R.J. Martinez? He gets the ball, and they, they, they end up going all the way down the field from deep in their own, end, uh, close to their end zone to deep into the red zone against Texas. 47 plays defended in two-minute drills so far this season. 13 explosive plays allowed. 13 of them. 20 points allowed total. So you're allowing 4.2 points per play uh, defending two-minute drill, but damn near 28% explosive play rate allowed when you're defending any play in two-minute drill. That's bad. It's terrible. I mean, that's be, that's not acceptable is what that is. Yeah. I mean, and that's – And they had look, a week we, to correct it and did not. Right. That's what we talked about through the bye week, uh, you know, drilling down on your, your big issues that have been exposed through the first six games. You you know, I think on offense, the red zone offense was much better. All right? I mean, they converted a touchdown from yep. to the A.D. Mitchell in the red zone. Yep. They had to settle for one field goal, but um, the C.J. Baxter run was from the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you worked on some things. The the – the Savion Red, Red Cat package was a bigger feature in the offense this week. Agreed. So I think the offense did some good things uh, to adjust, and the defense didn't. The tackling in space still poor. The only thing I'll give them a check mark for correcting during the bye week was their passing lane, rush lanes, because I mean, Donovan Smith had six carries for six yards. Uh, didn't really try to run because guys were running wide open. Uh, mm-hmm. One of those yeah. things, why do I need to run if people are open? Right. Uh, I'll just throw it. So, yeah, they've got coverage issues, Rod, and now it's time for Sark to, conf- to just admit that and get with PK and say, look, how do we coach around this, y'all? I mean, we've got to do something. Uh, we, we've got liabilities, and, you know, if we had one safety or two safeties that were healthy that could do everything, we'd be fine, but we've got a safety that does this well but not this. We've got one mm-hmm. that does this well but not this. That, you know, they're trying to piecemeal it together. The injuries are killing them in the back end, I think. You, give me, you get Jalen Catalan, Ryan Watts. Um, you know, back on the field, you get a healthy Jade Barron. Now yep. you got Jalen Gilbo back. I think you have the semblance of a pretty good secondary, but right now it is not. Nash unit. Uh, it is not good. Uh, all right, and they're not communicating. And that, that, that missed tackle stat is the one because typically those are, those are defensive backs that are missing tackles. And, no, and two-minute drill, two yes. Drill. It's mostly DBs. And those, yeah. are, those, are, those are chunk yardage plays too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we'll get what's popping before we get out of here. Ty, Sex Panther pick of your Monday and Monday night. Got two baseball games and a pretty good NFL games. We'll preview next. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like Stockton. Just joshin'. I'm spending this holiday locked in. John Stockton. John Stockton was one of my most hated players growing up. This guy's talking about Ranger hate. Rangers hate. Altuve, Astros hate. El Bombe. Mm-hmm. That's good. There's got to be hate in the rivalry, right? There's got to oh, be hate. Lots of competitive hatred going on, man. But with the, with the Rangers and the Astros, though, you got the, the cities that don't like each other either. That's right. Right? At the root of it, Houston don't like Dallas, and Dallas don't like Houston. Right. And then you got the competitive side of with the sports rivalry. I, uh, that's a deep-seated rivalry. So growing up when I was still a huge Rockets fan, because I've kind of my, my Rockets fandom has minimized because I was never a James Harden fan, and then they just uh, been so bad. Uh, but at the same time, when I was a huge Rockets fan, I hated John Stockton. He and Carmelo, those sons of oh, sons of guns. It's I, hard to hate the guy, but at the same time, he was 
He's so good, and he was kind of annoying, and he wore the nut hugger shorts, and mm. you know. But he was a great player. Easy, e- hard to hate. John Typically, Stockton. the only players you hate are great players. Easy to hate Carmelo now in retrospect. Now that we know more about Carmelo, yeah, the, <laughs> behind the scenes, he's a very um, creepy, very creepy person. But yeah, yeah. But you're right about that. You got everybody's got that that person on your rivals team that you just grew to hate disproportionately so <laughs> because they cost you so much individual heartbreak it seems like all the time and all different rivalries have that person or that that player i should say and honestly at least garcia might be that guy yeah he's, he's yeah, slowly he's turning player, into that though. dude and he that was a big hit obviously oh man um uh, by the way we didn't get to talk about that game I, I was not real happy with dusty baker in that moment watching that game while i was driving to houston uh, I felt like he should have taken Verlander out, by the way. I, I think Verlander really? – yeah, because I, well, I was saying it to my wife as we were driving because I was watching it on, my, on YouTube while driving uh, very safely, <laughs> safely. You know, it was up on my dashboard, so I could just kind of glance at it when Hands I wanted free. to. But Hands I could hear – yeah, hearing it through my system. And so I watched most of the game, and then we stopped at a little spot uh, down off of 45 to watch the end and the home run. But I would – because, look, I mean, at that point, this is where I criticize – this is what I'm worried about tonight, the reason Dusty Baker's never won a game seven. I don't know that he always – that that was a spot where the Astros were clinging to a one-run lead. Yeah, it was two to one, and there were runners at first and third, and he left Verlander in the game. And I'm like, well, Verlander's a fly ball pitcher. If he's anything, he's either going to strike you out or you're going to fly out. A lot of pop flies, a lot of fly balls. A fly ball gives you a sack fly, which ties the game, and you have a fly ball hitter mm-hmm. at the plate. Dusty, go get Hector Neris, and Hector Neris is their best reliever. Uh, for this spot, he throws a, a nasty splitter and he throws a lot of ground balls. Because what, what I'm thinking is, we need a ground ball here. You know, the one run lead, we Makes need to sense. roll a double play. Makes sense. He stuck with him, and you know, I didn't expect him to hit the home run, but same kind of thing though. Well, I mean, get get the ball on the ground in that spot. This is a sixth inning of of game five, the pivotal game five. Go, you know, this is where you start managing, Dusty. Now, again, he left him in. I know John Smoltz probably didn't agree with me that, you know, mm. Ver, but Verlander, he had given up the hard hit. I mean, the reason there were runners at the corners, he had given up two hard hits. And I'm thinking, you know, cause the one thing we know about Verlander now at 40 years old, he can give you great five or six innings, but he can run out of gas pretty quick, too. Yeah, and it happens fast. Yeah. Falls off a cliff quickly. And this isn't the regular season, Mr. Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, that that went the Astros' way last night when it felt like it was going to be the Astros' time. It was the Rangers' time. That's what also makes a compelling series. So that game just after seven tonight. Also, Diamondbacks and Phillies. How about Bryce Harper? What a player. Yeah, it's a 450-foot home run the other day and uh, makes a diving catch. I mean, he is uh, right now. Hell of a player. Is – might be it, the best player in the game. I was going to say, other than Shohei, is anybody we had a good debate the face this, of baseball like Bryce Harper right we, now? Well, we had a good debate this weekend, my, my brothers and I, if if the Phil, because my brother lives out, right outside of Philadelphia and they're all into the Phillies. If if the Astros and Phillies play again in the World Series, who's the best hitter in the series? It's probably Bryce, Bryce Harper, Harper, but Jordan Alvarez would give him a run. I mean, the, those two are probably the two best hitters in baseball right now. So that'll be good. You also have the Vikings and the Niners. Might Ooh, be a better be game than you think because the the Vikings are good. They just turn the ball over a lot. They do. The Vikings. It'll be it'd be interesting to watch their defensive game plan versus Pro. They blitz more than any team in the league right now. They just blitz. A yeah, ton. we'll see. And, and uh, Debo Samuel will not play. Christian McCaffrey is going to give it a try with the oblique injury. Uh, Ty, do you have a Sex Panther pick of the night off your four and one week uh, this weekend? You weekend, already, I should say. You already know what it is. Rangers Monday night. Uh, <laughs> well, why aren't you playing the Creed on the way to the way to the uh, top of the hour then? I'll, I'll play all, right, all Rangers. day tomorrow. All day tomorrow. Oh man, some, this is going to be a fun show tomorrow. Tune in six a.m. One half of the show or one part of the show is going to be se- severely depressed. 
The other half's going to be... Celebrating, baby. Hell yeah. Well, Ty, Ty's okay. not allowed to have a bad day now. He almost died over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you should be celebrating life right now. <laughs> Every morning you wake grateful. up is a blessing. <laughs> Amen uh, to that. Hey, uh, everybody have a great to Monday. Go Astros. Go Astros. Uh, go Astros. Rangers Astros tonight. Monday Night Football. D-backs Phillies. Everybody have a great night. And great day, I should say. Be safe out there. There's still some rain coming down. We'll do it 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. We'll know who's going to the World Series. Should be fun. Join us then.